Hello, 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 everybody. Uh, welcome to the Five Star Podcast, a podcast from two youths that are just trying to get some food from the gas station and uh, who always are, who sometimes watch movies. Uh, my name is Ryan Hurley, and I'm here with my esteemed co-host. Uh, Sam Wolfkool is here, and he's interested in trying to find the best Chinese place around here. Seriously, does this town look like it has good Chinese food? I don't think it has good Chinese food. Oh my gosh, I love it. I They're love known it. for their mud. They're known for their mud and their grits. Fifty the to twenty the minutes. Grits. The grits pan playoff is, payoff is great. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah, as uh, if you've been listening to the show, uh, as you know, we'll be talking about my cousin Vinny. Uh, later on today in the show, a nice little like departure, getting to watch like just kind of a silly, fun comedy. Um, but first, what have you been watching lately, Wolf? I've been watching a lot lately because I'm currently two films away from a thousand movies. Woo! And I guess I'll give you the Murderer's Row of great movies I've watched since Monday, where I know I've watched Die Hard. Uh, talk about next week airplane and then i watched a few good men yesterday morning all of those are amazing <laughs> there's really like not really a missed scene in any of those that's uh i i know that earlier in the week we've been talking about uh die hard a lot I just like off 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 air and uh i'm so glad you watched it when you said you hadn't seen it before i was really shocked i like I had like one thing I've learned about myself since I started like really watching a ton of movies like last May was that I just like didn't see a lot of these movies that like everybody saw when they were like 10. I just didn't see them. So like there's no reason for me to ever go back and see any of these movies. But finally I woke up like for example like I've never seen Karate Kid or like Home Alone or like The Sandlot like all these movies that everyone like you haven't seen that it's like no I'm 23 years old I have not seen this I'm not gonna watch this movie. But I woke up Monday and I was like, you know, I probably should watch Ray, but I'm going to watch Die Hard. <laughs> Honestly, that's not a bad choice at all, though. I feel <laughs> like b- between the two, just like no matter how much you enjoy Ray, the uh, just action packed thrills of Die Hard can't be beat. The dialogue in that movie is like. I can't. I don't know the character's name. I, I'm terrible at that. But the guy, he was like one of the bad guys. When he walks in and he's describing like like the Lakers like running the offense, and then he goes shoot, and then he shoots the guy and he scores. <laughs> it's it's like uh like Magic Johnson passes it over to Kareem. Yeah. <laughs> Kareem <Over to> worthy <laughs> shoots and he scores. <laughs> I also Speaking like of Kareem. Oh, go ahead. Kareem an airplane. Kareem an airplane was uh. Was something else? Oh my god, I love his cameo in Airplane, where the the kid is like, "My dad says that you don't play defense," and he's like, "Let me tell you something. I've been busting my buns all these years. You try carrying Lanier and walking up the court for forty minutes. <laughs> so there's, good. There's so many gifs from that movie. If you like, are just trying to send them to people, like. I just kept sending them up to, to my girlfriend today. She didn't even watch the movie with me. I just kept sending them away anyway. Like the one where this kid comes into the cockpit and the and the uh, pilot just goes, 
you ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 like, I don't think I've seen a spoof comedy like that in a long time. You know, like, I feel like we don't do it that much. Um, or like we don't do big spoof movies other than maybe like Lonely Island stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. So like, cause I, I actually went back and watched it over the past week too. And, um, like little jokes, like when the inflatable co-pilot is getting deflated and she has to like blow up the thing is so funny. Or like when they, when they're shaking the woman hysterically and then yeah. like a line of people, like they just like have like successively like more violent ways to like snap her out of it. Oh my God. It's so funny. I, I think for me, this might be just a uh, recency bias, but the staying alive scene in the bar is probably one of my favorite movie scenes ever. It's so funny. It's amazing. I forgot about that scene until I rewatched it and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. The fact that they play like the entirety of the song, because they speed it up, I was reading, and I definitely noticed that. I was like, man, this song's like really bumping more than it normally does. And uh, I, I, there was so much stuff going on in the background, but just like watching them dance together was, uh, was really, really funny. The whole movie's just like, just from the very beginning when like the two like people over the like the I can't think of the word for it, but, like when like the two people like over the sound system are like talking to each other and they're bitching at each other. It's so funny. It's it never stops throwing jokes at you. It's amazing. I love it. Also it's really funny to think about uh the the female lead in that movie. I didn't I didn't realize this, but she's Scarlett Johansson's mom in marriage story, which really like Yeah, I was like I was like watching the movie and I was like wow, uh, I recognize her. What do I recognize her from other than this? And I looked at her IMDb and I was like, whoa, this is like two completely opposite movies here. <laughs> Are they? <laughs> they're, they're so different. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe her character is a little bit similar. <laughs> <laughs> um, what have you been watching lately? Over this past week, I've been... Uh, so I, I watched Airplane over the past week, like I said. Um, I took it pretty pretty easy just since we've been watching a lot of stuff. Um, I, I watched uh, two Netflix original movies from this year, The Old Guard and Fatal Affair, neither of which was very good. Uh, I don't recommend either of them. Uh, probably the best movie that I've, I've watched over this past week uh, would either be Airplane or I watched... Um, Robert Altman's The Player uh, with Tim Robbins, which was really fun. Um, it was it has one of like the funniest endings I've seen in a long time. It's just so like it's so my my roommate described it as sarcastic because like you I, I literally sat through the credits because I was like this can't really be the end, is it? But it is. <laughs> So it wasn't as direct as A Few Good Men when suddenly the movie just stops and they put the end across the screen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, they do have, like, I guess you have to watch, like, the movie to understand it, but, like, the tone of it, like, because it does have, like, the end, but and then you have, like, a character literally describe the way it ends, and then the other character just goes, like, oh, sounds good. And then those, like, two or three things just happen, and just the end pops up, and I'm like... This is a dream sequence or something, right? That's awesome. It's so funny. I definitely. I really want to see that movie. It's really good. I um, I believe I told you that it was just like, 
uh, living in Los Angeles, it was uh, really like shining a mirror on just how Los Angeles is sometimes. I, uh, uh, there's, there's like a lot of scenes of like parties with famous people. And uh, it, may, it made me think of when I was, when I first moved here and I was interning, I got asked to like help out at uh, one of our boss's parties. And I remember being at the party and doing all the stuff that I had to do. And then just kind of hanging out afterwards and like walking up to people uh, and, and being like, you know, hey, how you doing? And then they would be like, hey, who are you? Were you on set? And I was like, oh, no, I, I'm Ryan. I'm, I'm just an intern helping out. And they're like, oh, OK. And then would just move on. They would just walk away. <laughs> it's that same energy in, in the player. <laughs> you always got to be networking. Yeah, exactly. You got to be talking to the right people. Not the intern. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you, uh, maybe you secretly have a lot of money stashed away and are looking to produce uh, another Jeepers Creepers movie or something. Exactly. I could have been. Uh, I could. I could have been like what every uh, Uber driver asks me if I am. I could have been the next Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I can't. Uber drivers, oh my god. I can't tell you how many times going to the uh, like film studios in Chicago where our classes were uh, and, and the Uber driver seeing that, that we were going there and then being like, am I sitting in the car with the next Steven Spielberg? And I'm like, no. I, uh, I've had two, I've, I've had an Uber driver that explained to me how important his masters in economics was. And I was like, I'm glad to see this is where it's gotten you. Yeah, and then I had another Uber driver where I complained about how small my gym was, and she went. She just goes, "I went to UW Parkside, which is like barely a school." And she's like, "We had a we had a gym small. We we had a gym even smaller." And I was like, "I bet, I, I bet you do." <laughs> like, you're like, I love Uber drivers. You're like, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's like, it's like, did you go to school or did you like did you live there? <laughs> well, we should probably. Uh, stop stop uh, telling our Uber driver stories. Otherwise, we'll have them forever. We'll just be able to fill up an entire hour on this show. Oh, easily. What's your quick question for us this week? So give me – I'll make this really easy for you. Give me one actor and one actress that you have season tickets for so when you see they're going to be in something, you watch it. So I think that there's um, – I think that there's an answer that, that you and I would both throw out, like just two people. Um, so I'll just say it and then, you know, we can move on to two other ones. But uh, I think probably both of us, if Timothy Chalamet or Saoirse Ronan is in a movie, we're both probably watching it. Um, I don't know. I feel like any time that uh, Adam Driver is in a movie, I'm going mm. and seeing it for sure. That's a good one. That's a good one. For uh, for an actress, hmm, it's weird because I feel like actresses don't end up like leading movies as much, which is is sad. Um, and we've definitely discussed here uh, before. I guess if I had to say somebody, I would say. I don't know. I'm really trying to come up with one. The buildup is real. Yeah, <laughs> you could just have Sersha. Yeah, I'll just take Sersha. I'll take the boring answer. <laughs> um, 
I was thinking about what you said, how we would both take Sersha and Timothy. I definitely was going to say Sersha. Timothy, I don't know if you've like ever gone back and seen some of his like older stuff. He he uh he had like a career before Call Me by Your Name, which I just like genuinely like didn't understand. I just thought he suddenly appeared in Call Me by Your Name. But I he's interesting in some of his older movies. I I I uh, have not like gone back and, and filled in like some of his other ones, but I feel like I should. Did you ever see like Hot Summer Nights? I think that's what it's called. Mm-mm. I know that's on Amazon now, right? It's say. interesting. I, I my girlfriend and I watched it. I think that came out after Call Me by Your Name, but I'm pretty sure it was shot like way before Call Me by Your Name. And then uh, he's an Interstellar, which is uh, which is, I mean he was fine. He's good. Anyway, love Timothy. Always trying to see new Timothy. Anyway, my answer is probably for an actor. I see, I'm like more connected to when I see like a certain actress because like I think it's like kind of the other way around where like I know they're they're not going to be like the lead, so they're going to have like this. 15 to 30 minute like part where I'm like that was awesome but a guy it's kind of more like I'm signing myself up for whatever they're doing and I have some answers that I just aren't true like I would say Matt Damon but like I very much never I made a point not to see the great wall (laughs) (laughs) that's a fair choice that's a fair choice (laughs) Uh, this is kind of a lame answer but I'd probably say Brad Pitt I think that's a good answer like if he's in it I'm probably down Oh, I, I know one for me, for, for actress. I'd probably go and see every Margot Robbie movie. Mm. I uh, see most of her movies. That's a really good one. That's a really good answer. I think everybody I'll... kind of bought uh, Margot Robbie stock after, after Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> yeah, I, she's like, she's on like another level in that movie. And she's like, it's funny to think about because in that movie, she's like 20 and you think about like those actors and actresses who are playing like 16 year olds on free form at 24 and you're like yeah. how how do how was how are they the same career how are they the same profession yeah seriously and she's uh like a a good margot robbie performance before wolf of wall street is is the movie about time if you've seen that no but i've heard of it um it might be on Netflix now, but she has like a really small part in it, but she's good in that too. Um, but yeah, like <laughs> it is crazy to just like, cause she's, I feel like she's do- doing a great job in Wolf of Wall Street. And then uh, like hereafter, some of her choices have been questionable for movies, but I do like her in, in most movies. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't think she, and she like produces her own movies now. So like, she's kind of, she's kind of paving her own way. Yeah. Uh, there's probably two. I'm gonna go with two interesting. Names. I have a lot of answers. Like I, I like, I like to see anything with like Anya Taylor Joy or like Florence Pui, but like, and like Scarlett Johansson. I definitely have seen like I try to see everything that she's in. But the two like more fun answers are Zoe Deutsch. I try to see anything she's doing. I haven't seen Buffalo yet. The premise of that sounds stupid, but it's on Hulu, and I like. I, I don't. I don't love all her movies, but I try to see anything with Felicity Jones. Mm. I, I, uh, I'm always ahead. like waiting for that like one Felicity Jones movie that really I'm like that's a great movie, but I, yeah, and it never comes. But I do like her. Right, like I always think I always think she's like doing her thing. Like uh, I don't know if you saw a Monster Calls. Um, <laughs> I read that book in like a day because I knew the movie was coming out. The mm-hmm. movie is all right. 
I mean, the book's all right. So the movie's all right. And she's like great in it. And then Rogue One, I really like Rogue One. Uh, and I, we could, we will probably never go into Star Wars on this show, but that is just <laughs> not my cup of tea, which doesn't make any sense why I don't like Star Wars, but I, I try. I just can't do it. There's so much but, baggage with Star Wars now, though. Like, imagine if, because I, I like Star Wars a lot, but I'm not like a nerd about Star Wars. And um, just like, imagine us talking about it and then like if we don't mention certain things or talk about it in the right way it's like people will get mad and it's like that's just not fun for us i'm also worried if like suddenly i rewatch like the fifth one and i'm like wow this is like amazing and then suddenly i like change my opinion and then like everyone's jumping down my throat like see you were wrong star wars is great and, I'm just gonna be, and at that point i'm just gonna be like i hate it again <laughs> please stop i've got i've got a question off of that so um i i definitely get this way but like when there's fan bases of movies that act like that does that just give you more of an attitude to like dislike the movies or like continue to dislike the movies or not revisit them if you already do because i know it does for me oh 100 percent. i like sometimes for me like I, i might dislike a movie and then i'll just like hate the fan base and if i hate the fan base i suddenly like hate the movie now like joker like, I didn't mm-hmm. like the movie very much at all. But then suddenly everyone would be like, this is, like, the greatest movie ever. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What? So now I'm just like, yeah, I don't like this movie at all. It's bad. Don't even talk to me about it. Yeah, lots, me. lots of the DCEU movies are like that. Because, like, even even one that has, like, I, I feel like, so, so, like, Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad, which I'm just going to say right here on the podcast, not good movies um and it's like somehow like the dc fanboys talk themselves into it but then even like a uh a less offensive movie that is just like not my thing but then people are like well you're wrong you can't have that opinion you're wrong is like i don't like birds of prey and and like but then everybody who sees that i don't like birds of prey is like well you're a man you're wrong and it's like women yeah it's like yeah i i hate women you know you know me. And then and then those same people would turn around and be like, uh, you know, like, if you haven't seen Lady Bird, then you can't be a feminist either. And it's like, well, I have. And by the way, I watched Greta Gerwig's other movies before, you know, Lady Bird. So, so let's stop with like the tokenism of like wokeness here. But sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. Two things off of what you just said. I've seen Lady Bird twice. I I like it. Like, I think it's a really good movie, but I've never really understood like the, this is like the greatest teen drama thing ever. And I'm like, it's good. It's really good. But like, I don't know if I've ever really thought about Lady Bird more than a couple times after I've watched it. And it totally deserved all the recognition it got. But like the, the fan base of Lady Bird is like a different breed. I think it's just people who are excited about a good indie movie. Yeah. And, and like one that got a little, like a lot of love. Just to just to piggyback off that, I agree. Um, I think it's like doing a lot of things that coming of age movies about boys do, but it's mm-hmm. like from like oh yeah, it's just tweaked to like a female lens. And like while that's really nice to see, I'm glad that exists. I think that like Little Women is a far superior film. Um, I agree. And then my final thought, and then we can move on to my cousin Vinny. As you mentioned, Greta Gerwig. I watched this movie last night from 2009 called The House of the Devil. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that or know anything about that? 
I, uh, I I saw your letterbox rating. That's what I know about it. <laughs> she uh, she plays like the main character's like best friend. She's so weird in the movie. She just like takes this like really weird like voice, and it's like and I'm wondering if she just realized she was probably a little too old to be playing a college student. And she's like, "This is how college students talk." Kind of like how the girl in Taken is like ten years too old to be playing like a sixteen year old girl, and she just runs around like a fool. But uh. <laughs> That's a good movie. Uh, it's a uh, it, it's a uh, it's a real like atmosphere horror movie. And uh, Greta Greta was fine. I I she she uh spoiler doesn't 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 do well in the film, but uh it was just cool to see her act. I I forget that she acts. Yeah, I like Greta the actress. And um, for anybody that's out here like doing like gatekeeping on filmmaking feminism with Lady Bird, it's like go back. And watch some of Greta Gerwig's other movies too. Like watch her stuff with Noah Baumbach. Watch her Mumblecore stuff. Like she's been a writer and an actress for a long time. And um, you're you're making yourself look silly by like stopping with just her directorial movies because she mm-hmm. was a really great actress too. Um, mm-hmm. Wow, we really like we really uh, rambled there, but I think it was good. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't have five movies to talk about in length. We just got one, so we got time, right? Like we don't have to, um, we don't we don't have to just go through and draft twenty two movies in in an hour. <laughs> Let's just draft Marissa Tomei's outfits and my cousin Vinny. I was gonna say, can we draft lawyers in this movie? Uh, and I'll take <laughs> I'll take the first pick. <laughs> well, I want answers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you uh make a trade for Tom Cruise and a few good men. Oh well, well I just thought of a question. We'll get to it. All right. What 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 did uh what did we watch this week, Hurls? Well, if you haven't guessed it now, um us two Utes uh have watched My Cousin Vinny, the nineteen ninety-two film starring Joe Pesci, Marissa Tomei, and Ralph Macchio. Um it is the story of two New Yorkers accused of murder in rural Alabama while on their way back to college. Um, and they call in help of one of their cousins, a loudmouth lawyer with no trial experience. And boy, that synopsis sounds like kind of like a drama, but this is just a really fun movie. I, uh, I loved, I really liked this movie. I gave it four and a half out of five stars. And I think the last hour of this movie, like just rocks. Like the moment they get into the courtroom, like, like they're they're in the courtroom a lot, but the moment they like really get into the courtroom, and Vinny's like finally figure out how to be a lawyer, like this movie gets just so so good, and it's not at all what I expected. I'd never, I I I didn't know a lot about this movie except like I heard people talk about it, and uh, my surprise when this movie ended up being about Joe Pesci's character, not about Ralph Macchio and the other guy. Yeah, I was uh, the other guy's name. I was shocked. Yeah, I um. I really dug this movie too. I definitely agree. Like the last hour, it's just like locked in and every scene is funny and, mm-hmm. and just having a great time. Um, the like first little bit where you're spending a lot of time with like Ralph, Ralph Macchio and his friend is like a little bit slower, you know, like it takes a second to get there. But then once we're in, I think this movie's just great. I loved it. I gave it four stars, I believe on Letterboxd. Yeah, the first hour definitely is uh, is a little slow. Like, I remember, I think I paused it at 55 minutes just to, like, get up for a second. And I was like, oh, what? I feel like this movie, I feel like I should be further into this movie by now. Yeah. But uh, 
it was a good i mean everything had to be set up for the last hour to be so good yeah exactly like even if the first hour isn't like the most hilarious it does like a good job of just like planting things you know like uh like we said in the beginning like with the grits or with the mud uh i love the i love how all those like things come back I just, for some reason, the scene, the scene where they go into the diner and like they, they both, they have a menu and you, and like we as the viewer have no idea what's on the menu. Marissa Tomei's like really studying the menu and she's like, I guess I'll do breakfast. And Joe Patch is like, you think? And then we find out that the whole menu says breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That was so funny to me. <laughs> I love that. And then the cook turns right around and he just takes a big thing of lard and he just throws it down on the on the, on the stove top oh my god it's so funny <laughs> and then and then they have the whole conversation about grits and then they get their food and pesci takes like the smallest possible bite of the grits yeah <laughs> i loved it it was so good also like I, I so i've never had grits before call me a yankee uh i i um i i had no idea that that's like what grits looked like when it like I was like what what I also was like what is that you know I'm the same way I've never had them before and for some reason I always pictured grits as like granola because probably the gr at the beginning of the word (laughs) same no same same for me I thought it would at least kind of be like oatmeal-y but it's not but (laughs) yeah yeah I I totally agree you know what I'm gonna let you dive into your questions here and we're gonna we're gonna have some structure on this one I'm feeling good about this oh okay a little structure so, instead of me just BSing. We really start this off with like a lot of music. And was it just me or did all this music just sound like the Weatherman song in, in Groundhog Day? Because it's very like cheesy, like 90s blues rock thing. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was going to be like a completely different movie than it was. I thought it was going to be like, ah, these two dudes try to make it, blah, blah, blah. And then it then it stopped being at the moment like the credits kind of hit the screen yeah like i was i was almost expecting to be you know like with the title of it you're like my cousin Vinny. okay we're gonna be with Vinny the whole time we're gonna be with with joe pesci and then it's like the scene where the two kids are driving and and the music is playing and i'm like is this about the two kids like are we gonna Mm -hmm. be with them uh the whole time i was like oh my god (laughs) Ralph Macchio is like 31 in this movie. That dude like ages at a different rate than everybody else. Seriously. He like still looks like he's about like 19 years old yeah. <laughs> in the movie too. <laughs> so another, another question I have just like from the beginning uh, and they, they uh, talk about this, this vehicle a lot. They're, these two kids are driving around in a mint green 1964 Buick Skylark. And my question is how in the year of 1991 – are these kids just driving around in like a classic Buick? <laughs> it's a sick car. It's a good looking vehicle. And uh, if they weren't driving it, then we wouldn't have the awesome Marissa Tomei whole, whole, uh, when she's on the stands talking about the cars. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I am, I am glad that, it, that it at least meant that we got to keep that um, later on, but yeah, like, I was I don't know if that I don't know if that bothered you or not, but I was watching that. I was like I took a second and thought about it and I was like nineteen sixty four? This movie came out in nineteen ninety two. What are they doing? I guess that would be like if I was driving like a nineteen ninety three like Dodge something or other. Yeah. That would be weird. You you've got like a nineteen ninety three like convertible Ford Mustang that you're just Ooh. 
just driving around. I wish. Probably <laughs> terrible gas mileage. <laughs> hey, but it's a convertible. You get to feel that wind in your hair. Get to feel that snow on the back of my neck. Yeah. <laughs> in, in always sunny Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Very much. Very much. <laughs> so uh, another, another little like critique I have for them just in the beginning before we get to Vinny. Um, what the hell is there like gas station purchasing techniques here beans and they're getting like stuff in cans like i don't know about you but in a gas station i'm immediately like give me gatorade and and like a slim jim and a and a pop tart well it almost seemed like they were like buying food as if they were going to be like staying somewhere and eating there for like multiple days so i kind of get it from that perspective but like there's got to be a grocery store like yeah. on the way and i also love uh, I looked up his name, Mitchell Winfield. He plays like the other guy that gets arrested. He's got some funny lines in the movie, but I love his line where Ralph Macchio's like beams, and he's like, "We could just fart in the car. It's a it's a convertible." <laughs> yeah, that did get that did give me a laugh. He's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna grab it anyway." Yeah. <laughs> also, too, like to get to think that you're getting arrested over just like a can of tuna is just like the lamest, like most disappointing thing ever. That okay. That that's one of my big gripes with this movie, is I like that's always been like one of the things I don't think is funny at all. When like one character thinks you're talking about one thing and the other character thinks you're talking about the other thing, and it's like, look, in real life, this would never happen. Somebody would have clarified it probably right away, and the fact that this movie did it twice in the first like 25 minutes, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, like, this is not funny. If this is the if this is the whole peak of this comedy in this movie, I'm out. Luckily, it wasn't. But, yeah, uh, I, I I don't think it's funny at all. The like mix up of why they're getting arrested, where they're just like, well, I didn't mean to do it, and I didn't realize I was doing it, and and it's like, you know, at some at some point, you know, like people don't only speak in 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 pronouns. No. At some point, they would be like, I didn't mean to take the can of tuna. Well, you got three detectives yelling at me. Yeah. And... and and then the one in jail, I think I hated even more. Where like Vinny and Mitch Winfield were talking for like it felt like. 75 minutes and i was like let's just go just we get it ha ha let's go yeah it totally wasn't needed and like they could have totally like gotten that beat with like just a line you know because it does set up the thing where everybody thinks that he is like an inmate because of the way he dresses Mm -hmm. but he he just could have been like you know he just could have made like a comment about his leather jacket uh but then like he's just taking fucking forever like you know acting like he's their cellmate and it's like dude do you see him in a prison jumpsuit like come on cool it (laughs) hey man he ended up going to jail because he wanted to get a good night's sleep that's true (laughs) i love that (laughs) uh so so another thing that i i thought um gave me pause in this movie so Billy, played by Ralph Macchio, he goes, he calls his mom after they're thrown in jail, right? And, his, and he's, he's asking his mom for a lawyer. And his mom says, no, you don't need to pay for a big-time lawyer. Your cousin Vinny, he, he, he just graduated law school six weeks ago. Let's give him a crack at it. And uh, I just have to wonder, is, is Ralph Macchio's mom trying to get him locked up? Is... Is she out to get him? <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of things here with this, like how the, like with the movie. I feel like there's 
like part of her just being like gotta help out a family member get Vinny some work but like I also think there was like a little part of this movie I don't think it was explored at all but like the whole well it was explored but the whole idea that people do things differently in the south so maybe like his mom was just like oh whatever like that's a crazy state they'll they'll be fine who cares like murders whatever down there it to me like it feels like being like Oh, my neighbors want to, or like my neighbors want to sell their house. So I'm going to have my like nephew, who's a used car salesman, like give it a crack, you know? That's funny. Uh, yeah. I, I guess they also probably wanted to save some money. That's true. You know, Vinny was working pro bono. How much money? Here's how much money do you think Vinny came down south because he got bailed out of jail like three different times. They uh, had to pay for all the hotel rooms. What yes. do you think you came down in? I like the movie makes it seem like you know he only came down with like two, three hundred dollars maybe, but like I feel like he had to at least have like five to seven hundred dollars. Oh. I guess I have no idea how much things cost, and that little town is probably cheap. But like, he's in a different hotel room every night. Like, uh, Marissa Tomei's got a different outfit on every day. Yeah, he, he's always just wearing the same thing. But like, he 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 was just like losing money left and right, and they tried hustling to get more money. Yeah, I love I love that little bit too, where they they hustle and the guy can't pay him back, and so he's just kind of going and like humiliating that guy. Uh, uh, the whole time. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> I love the whole interaction. He's like, so my options are get my ass kicked. And I'll tell you what, I could use a good ass kicking <laughs> or kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to go with kicking your ass. I definitely like felt his line where he's like, and I could use a good ass kick. And I'm like, I kind of feel that way sometimes. Like I could probably get socked in the face. right yeah. now. I probably deserve that. It's like, yeah, you know, my ego could use that little hit every <laughs> yeah. once in a while. I was sort of, as a fan of, of Goodfellas, I was, like, waiting for the guy to be like, go and get your fucking shine box. And then, like, <laughs> like uh, Pesci and then De Niro just, like, pops up out of nowhere and they just, like, lock the doors of the bar and, like, stomp the guy's head in. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a different movie. Yeah. yeah. It is a different movie. Go watch Goodfellas, everybody. Well, yeah. But this, uh, that would have the, the, been quite the tonal shift. That would have been amazing, though. I would have been dying. I am glad, though. I, li- I like, too, how he ends it, where he just kind of, like, the guy holds it up, and he just walks up and knocks him out and takes it from him and then goes yeah, and gets his suit. Like, the flying crossbody was such, like, an unexpected move, but then, like, you have to remember that Joe Pesci's five feet four inches tall. Yeah. Joe Pesci is, like, like almost a full foot taller than that guy, it seems like. <laughs> uh I really did like, though, like the part where, like, the guy's like, I got my 200 bucks, and Joe Pesci kept making him come closer, and I thought he was just going to, like, take it from his hand and leave, but then he's ultimately just like, that's that's a 20 rats with a bunch of ones, and the guy's like, crap. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. Like, it does a good job, this movie, sort of like you said, um, like, being like, things are different down in the South, and, like, some of the Southern people like get over on Vinny at first because of that. But then like, you also see that Vinny succeeds in some situations because of his like New York sensibilities, you know, like, like with the money um, or like just his like directness, which doesn't always work out with the judge, but when he has like the like crazy tuxedo on, it helps him at least. 
That was so funny. I love that. He was dressed like a bellboy. Yeah, he comes walking in, and the judge's, like, reaction is just so perfect of just being like, what are you wearing? That was good. Uh, can I ask you a couple quick questions? Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever watched any, like, Law & Order episodes. Like, I know you've probably seen a few Law law films or, like, re- probably read some books about some, some Law cases. I feel like this case against the boys would have been thrown out right away because you're working on like a very a bunch of flimsy eyewitnesses there's no gun there's no one who saw them shoot anybody like how does this even get the court that was that was definitely something i was asking myself too uh like most i think murder mystery like fiction has me asking myself like um you know like or saying to myself, like, we need the murder weapon, we need the murder weapon to get connected in order to have a case. And they just don't have it until, you know, obviously Vinny finds it and exonerates them. Like, I love how the prosecution lawyer, the DA, is just like, you know, I just wish I had a gun. And it's like, what is your case? You don't even yeah. have a case. It's like, why are you going out and getting these, like, tire track experts as opposed to, like, trying to find the gun, <laughs> you know? I feel like that was such like a parody on like those shows and like movies that bring in like these experts and then he's and then they just like get a tire track expert. It's like, come on. Yeah. They're they're like they're like talking about all these different types of tires too, or like which tire is the most popular type and things like that. And I'm like, this is all Latin to me. I got no idea. (laughs) Uh, I also love the performance from our judge, Fred Gwynn, in his last movie role. Uh, I kept looking at Fred Gwynn, and I was like, I know that guy. I know that guy. And I know that guy because my parents used to watch uh, The Munsters. I don't yeah. know if you watched The Munsters. He was Herman Munster. Yeah, my parents used to watch that every once in a while, too. <laughs> I loved his back and forth with Pesci. And uh, apparently the whole thing with the Utes was uh, not meant to be in the movie. But like they like had that conversation about it. And uh, it ended up in the movie. I love that little bit, as as I'm sure you can tell, because I've said it multiple times. But like, even I was sitting there and I was like, "Utes, Utes, what, what?" <laughs> and then I love how he's like the two defendants and looks right at Fred Gwynn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the stuff too, where like in the beginning, Vinny has no idea what he's doing. And the judges and Fred Gwynn's just getting mad at, at Joe Pesci for like not standing up from the table when he's speaking to him and things like that. I thought Fred Gwynn was so perfect at just like being indignant. So I watched a few good men, like literally the morning after I watched this, because I was just like, get me back in a courtroom. And I'd never seen a few good men. Have you seen a few good men? It's been a really long time. It's been a really long time. So the first time Tom Cruise says anything in court, like his opening statement, he like says the first like few lines, like the first like line of it sitting down, and I'm sitting there just being like, "He needs to stand up. We can't have Fred Gwynn yelling at him." Yeah. So, uh, like one little piece of trivia that I, you and I were talking about, like that that apparently the director of this was a actual lawyer, mm-hmm. and so like he made sure that a lot of the stuff was actually accurate, which I I love like watching the movie. And thinking about that in retrospect, like, like you said, like calling him out and like finding funny or funny moments from like him, not 
like sitting down or like behaving right. I thought that was really great. I, I, I thought that was really inventive. I thought that was great. And I think the part that was really great, I'll, I'll tie this into my next question. The cross-examination of the three witnesses was amazing. Yeah. Uh, so he, you got the guy who thought it only took five minutes to make grits. And then you got the guy <laughs> who we kept showing him pictures of. And he's like, what's this a picture of? And he's like, a tree? Trees? He's like, yeah, shout it out. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think he was my personal favorite. But then I love the woman at the end. Ooh. I love how he's standing 50 feet away. He's like, how many fingers am I holding up? And Fred Gwynn's like, let the record show that he's showing up two fingers. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, come on, judge. Yeah. <laughs> but what, do you have a favorite of those three? All, all three, I agree, were great. I think I think my favorite is the is the the woman at the end, like you said, with like the judge calling out the numbers. And then also like Vinny's... Vinny's reaction to getting her to say that she needed a new pair of glasses and him like celebrating like he just like won the putt, uh, like sunk a puck to win the Masters, <laughs> I thought was great. And he's like high fiving people, in the, <laughs> you know, like in the, that are watching the trial go on. I thought that was awesome. Oh, that was good. I love like when he like went back and like high fived Marissa Tomei. Also, her scene when she was on the stand. Uh, do you have a favorite monologue of hers in this movie? Because she had that monologue, and then today at uh today at work, I told I had this like I have this woman I work with who's like loves movies, and I told her I watched my cousin Vinny, and she without missing a beat dropped into her best like New York accent, and did the entire thing about the entire monologue about like the deer prancing. Do you think it's gonna oh. care what kind of what kind of pants <laughs> the killer's wearing? I think I think my favorite is her whole little thing where they're at the they're at the cabin and he's uh, he's talking to her and she's pacing around and he's like you know why are you pacing around and she goes on this whole monologue and it just ends with her like being like and the whole time my biological clock is ticking <laughs> I thought that was hilarious <laughs> we're gonna get to her a little later but uh, she's just so freaking great in this movie. Every scene with her, she just makes better. Uh, yeah. You know, we could get to her now. I mean... You want to jump there? Let's just jump right into it. Um, Marissa Tomei, like, just really steals every scene in this movie. And it's, uh, it's like, really amazing to watch. She wins an Oscar for it. And it is a kind of shocking Oscar when you look back at like our last like few weeks where it's like, look at all these like really dramatic. She's playing someone famous roles. He's playing someone famous roles and like, let's give him an Oscar for it. And she's playing this totally made up hilarious, funny comedic character. Yeah. Like it is pretty, it's, it's really weird to, to think about it, especially, you know, like how self-serious not only the like Oscars movies are now, but like how, how like um, how serious they are like back when she won as well. Yeah. If you look at who she's up against, it's a bunch of like four movies that honestly all kind of sound like they're going to make me want to like cry and curl up in a ball. And it's all like a bunch of these, like they all just seem like very dramatic performances, which again, I, I, I think that's worth honoring, but it's kind of fun to change it up. So I've, I've, I've got it pulled up here. We have 
We have Marissa Tomei, one's from My Cousin Vinny. We have Judy Davis uh, for the Woody Allen movie Husbands and Wives. Um, Joan Plowright for Enchanted April. Vanessa Redgrave for Howard's End. And Miranda Richardson for Damage. And uh, I, I pulled... <coughs> I pulled a move that you would uh, you would make here, and I went back and I watched her accept, uh, acceptance speech at the Oscars, and just like all the stills that they have um, from each of those movies, I'm just like, oh god, this is a real tearjerker, isn't it? Apparently, I, was, I did some reading on it, and I watched a video of her winning it as well. So apparently... Joan Plowright was supposed to win for Enchanted April, which if you go on Letterboxd, about 1.3 thousand people have seen that movie. <laughs> uh, and then uh, what's really funny, so we can, we, we'll dive into the whole Jack Palance thing, but which I think my favorite part of Jack Palance is he feels the need to make the joke about how this is the first time ever there's been five like foreign women and the best part of it isn't even the fact that he includes Marissa Tomei as being from Brooklyn. It's the fact that he says Judy Davis is English. But if you watch Judy Davis up in the top left-hand corner, she's like, what? What? <laughs> she's Australian. She's from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> that makes that moment even better, too, because you watch it and you sit there and you go, like, he is acting fucking weird up there. Like, what is Jack Palance doing? Apparently that was like his his shtick, because uh, I, I told I told my friend at work that, and she was just like, "Yeah, he pretty much seemed like he was always drunk." Yeah, uh, <laughs> he definitely seems drunk in this clip, and that is sort of why a lot of people now, or not now, a lot of people at the time, like had this uh, conspiracy theory that that Marissa Tomei wasn't supposed to win, um, and I've I've got like little snippets here about it. Um, so judging by detailed investigations from Snopes and, Do- and Gawker, uh, the theory can be traced back to a piece printed by The Hollywood Reporter in 1994. A rumor has been making rounds in Manhattan that it read that last year Marissa Tomei received her Oscar statue by error with a resultant scandal about it to, soon to be exposed, much to the shame of the Academy. Um, rumor had it that during the ceremony, presenter Jack Palance found himself unable to read the name of the, on the winner's card Momentarily flustered, he called out the last nominee name listed on the teleprompter instead. Um, you know, all this is good and well, but uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're, you're going to agree with me on this. I don't think this holds water at all because Marissa Tomei is great in this. They should have given it to her. I think there's a lot of reasons this doesn't hold any water. I think, I mean, we, we found out a few years ago that when they messed up La La Land and Moonlight, like they fixed it. So why would they not have fixed this? And I get where that idea is coming from, where he like he like looks down and then he looks up, but like he can't read the paper, but he could read the teleprompter, which I guess some people are near side or far side or whatever. So that's a little surprising. And then this is the only performance and only movie that's really lived on much past that year. I mean, Howard Zen was nominated for an Oscar, so that's always going to kind of be in the consciousness, I feel like. But uh, I mean, she was great. And she's proven that she's very good. I mean, this wasn't her only nomination ever. Like, she got a nomination from In the Bedroom that we talked about a few weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, The Wrestler, but regardless. Yeah, like, people... I think at the time, it was just people being, like, a little bit snobbish about the Oscars. And then, like, Jack Palance's behavior 
just being really weird. I can't believe that that was ever his bit. Was acting yeah. weird. It was. It was strange. Uh, not a great. Uh, not a great presentation. But uh, I'm excited for next week. I already started watching some Oscar videos, and uh, there's some good press. I, I just love seeing Renee. I love Renee. We've got to watch I'm, more Renee movies. I'm hooked on him now, you know, after watching this one. Like, uh, we were talking about it before we, we started recording, but, like, my God, the cutaway to Joe Pesci when Marissa <laughs> Tomei is accepting this award. He looks like freaking Robin Williams. Like, he looks insane. I don't even know what he's like trying to do. He just uh he just didn't care. It seemed like he just got like all he just got a lot of hair. Ton of hair. Just the hairiest pirate in the world. <laughs> have you ever seen his Oscar video? I have not. I gotta go and watch oh, it. Oh my gosh. I don't wanna give it away. Just watch it. It's okay. uh, it's peak Joe Pesci. I'll definitely go watch it. Speaking of Joe Pesci here, so like a lot of this movie hinges on on his relationship with Marissa Tomei. And um, they have like great chemistry together, but I I sort of wonder how it was that they became like engaged, like what the circumstances were of them meeting. I don't know if that felt weird to you or not. My thing is, I bet they definitely met like in the garage, like working on cars. But the thing that kind of got me the most, like what the heck is going on is that like, there was a point in the movie where she mentioned that she'd been waiting for 10 years to get engaged, which might've been like, hyperbolic uh but she's like 27 28 when the movie's being made i can't imagine she's playing a character much older than that so the thought of them being engaged for even more than like six or seven years is a little weird especially with how old pesh she is yeah like that makes it seem like that statement makes it seem like they're supposed to be like high school sweethearts or something that they've been (laughs) dating for 10 years or something but you just look at the two of them together and you're like there's no way Pesci, I mean, Pesci looks his age. He's like 45 or something in this movie. And he, he looks 45 years old. He might even look 50. Uh, but he looks his age. Yeah, like, they, they, they both, like, kind of look their age. Maybe only Marissa Tomei looks, like, a little bit younger, honestly. Which doesn't, like, help the case. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I was also, like, just laughing at uh, any time... Um, Vinny, just to go back to Joe Pesci here too, anytime Vinny is like just getting startled awake in this movie, I thought was hilarious. Uh, like right down to even when they're, they're sleeping in his car uh, and like it's, it's, it's thunderstorming out and then, you know, like he's all disheveled and then he drops his suit in the muck and things like that. I, I just thought all that was so good. I love when he like really ate it when he got out of his car in the mud. He like, like he, he was fully airborne. Yeah, <laughs> and then the mud just looks like the most disgusting mud I think yeah. I've ever seen in a movie. I really enjoyed how he kept getting waking up like really early. Like no matter where he went, he was just going to be up early. I definitely was wondering if like the town was just like out to get him. Where like they were like, you know, we got this guy from New York here defending these two kids who like murdered one of our own. Like we got to make this tough on him. I was sort of wondering that too, especially also because everybody is so eager to. Um, everybody is so eager to testify against the two kids, like three seemingly nice people. And then an expert that's just totally not connected with this. Just all are like, yeah, I guess I'll send these people to the electric chair. Yeah. They were so ready to like, cr- just like crucify him. 
Uh, they probably were all just friends with the sheriff. That could be. They probably, yeah, I could see that. Like, they, they just all knew each other, and they're like, yeah, I'll testify, sure. I feel like, um, you know, we, we keep talking about, like, Vinny and, and Mona Lisa here, and I think probably my one major gripe with this movie is just that the two kids are not as strong. Like, I don't find them particularly funny much in the movie. They don't really do anything. And I don't know if it's really on, like, the performances, but, like, they're not written very well. They're just kind of like these two dudes from up north come down south and get arrested. And that is, like, their entire character. I do think they give uh, the – I've already forgotten his name. The not Ralph Macchio character some, like, pretty funny lines. Like, with the – we haven't even talked about the stuttering lawyer. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> like stuttering the opening lawyer. statement the opening statement was so bad <laughs> that was as somebody that uh stutters a little bit from time to time as well but never never this bad um boy was that painful the the, stu- the opening statement was terrible and then like the first uh like cross-examination was awful and i love how like He's like walking back, like feeling himself, and the guy's just like staring him down, being like, "What was that?" He's just like, "You are the worst lawyer ever." I, I was reading on IMDb, uh, IMDb's trivia as well that like apparently that guy had an actual stutter, um, mm-hmm. and he was he didn't want to do it uh, initially, but he got like talked into it by the director. And then, like, he ended up regretting it because he just kept getting typecast as the stuttering lawyer in movies after that, which is kind of sad to think about. That is kind of sad. I hope he, got, I hope he, I hope he made some money from it. I hope so. I, you know what? We're still watching it today. I hope he got a little bit of the, the, Hulu, the Hulu check, you know, when that's sold. 25 cents. He can go buy some gas station beans. So I think I know your answer to this, but... You would hire Vinny by the end of this movie to defend you in a, in a case, wouldn't you? Okay, let me let me tell you a little bit here. So I thought this was like an obvious yes. But then last night I was talking to a couple of my buddies and like one of my friends is in law school. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to assume he's just like Vinny. And my friend's like, uh, my friend's like, you're going to doubt him? I was like, what? He won the case. He's doing great. He's like, he only won one case. And I'm like, what you don't think he's busy just like crushing cases right now so i think i think the answer is like an obvious like yeah like he'll really fight for you he'll like learn for you he'll just get better for you and uh i think it's an obvious yes you know even if you're not going on trial for like murder i think Vinny Vinny's my guy um if i'm if i'm going into if i'm in trouble in his his specialized field which is personal injury you know i'm going with Vinny. I I think, I agree. I, I I don't uh, he's great. All other cases though, I'm going with Slippin' Jimmy from uh, Better Call Saul. <laughs> would you uh, um, would you rather have uh, Tom Cruise as your lawyer, Tom Cruise or Vinny? You know, uh, I think I think I'd rather have Vinny, and I, I'll tell you why. Tom Cruise is maybe a little bit more, um, you know, versed in his in his knowledge of the law, but I know that Vinny 
is going to be invested. I know that Vinny's willing to work with me. Vinny's a little bit more like personable. I think, I think Vinny and I can figure it out. Um, and I think we could beat Tom Cruise if, if taken to a case, taken to trial. I'm with you. I feel like Tom Cruise would like see my case and he, he wouldn't even care if I'm innocent or not. He'd be like, we're just going to plea this down. Let's just plea it down. Yeah. And I'll be like, what, what? I'm like, what? what? I'm, I'm innocent, Tom. I'm innocent. <laughs> uh, 12 years, I'll have you out in six. It's like Tom. I, I, yeah, I agree. Tom would not have the balls to take this thing to trial, this case. I want answers. Tom, I want the truth. You're sitting there in the jail cell, and Tom's like, they got everything on you, okay? We can't take this to the trial. They got everything other than the murder weapon. The car, the tire tracks, everything. Oh, <laughs> I, I love I love law. They don't make enough like law procedural movies anymore, man. I was gonna say court like courtroom dramas or like in this case a courtroom comedy, they're so fun. I enjoy like them. I'm in. It's- I will say one time I I was watching I really I've always wanted to see the exorcism of like Emily Rose. And I was like, I heard this movie was like terrifying. That movie's like a courtroom drama. <laughs> it's it literally like they're in a court like Laura Linney's in like a courtroom most of the time. And they're like debating like what happened and they keep showing like scenes of like Emily Rose getting more and more like possessed or whatever and i was like this is a courtroom drama <laughs> jesus You're like but what's the verdict <laughs> i forget what even happened i think the i think it was a big deal because like they found her to be like partially possessed or something like that i don't even know and it was like a big deal like oh my god oh that's what it was they had the priest on trial for killing her with the exorcism got it uh... remembered i'm back you know, if you want, like, another good courtroom, like, movie to go watch, I know this was on on Netflix for a long time. I don't know if it if it lives there anymore or not. But uh, the movie Primal Fear with Richard Gere oh, and, so and Ed good. Norton. I love that movie. And then oh my gosh. when you find out that, that Ed Norton has – spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen uh, Primal Fear – it, it, when you find out that Ed Norton has the multiple personalities and then he like goads it out of him on the trial and then, it, and you know, he, Richard Gere like thinking that he's done good and then he goes <laughs> yeah. and visits him in, in the cell and he's like, no, no, it, it's only the bad version, not the good version. <laughs> oh my gosh, that movie's so good. I, I watched the movie in high school. I haven't seen the movie in years. It is I, incredible. I love that movie. I've got to rewatch it again. Yeah, I used to watch that in high school though all the time. Probably like three or four times in high school. I remember people like were talking about that movie in high school one day in like one of my classes. And I was like, hmm, that sounds kind of awesome. And I watched it and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this movie. It was funny, like when I, when I put it on, my, my mom was like doing, you know, like chores or like had just gotten back from running errands or something like that. And she was like, oh, Primal Fear. I was like, yeah, you've heard of this movie? And she's like, oh, yeah, I love this movie. And, like, she immediately, like, grabbed, like, chips and salsa and, like, sat down and watched the movie with me. <laughs> I love that. I love how you can just, like, that's, like, one of my favorite things of the movie where, like, I've been watching so many movies partially because I'm, like, excited for, like, I'll be flipping channels and I'll be like, whoa, this is on? And I'm just going to be in. Like, I was, uh, I was flipping the channels out of a hotel room and suddenly I just, like, flipped to, like, a movie channel. I can't think of the actor's name. and But it was the guy who plays Martin Luther King or, uh, yeah, Martin Luther King and Selma. Mm-hmm. And David I was like, oh, yes. And I was like, oh, Selma. Nice. I'm in. I'll, I'll watch a little bit. I yeah, like, strive to reach that point in my life. 
that's the that's the like low key best thing about cable that you like can't get back um with with streaming like you can try and do it with streaming but it's not the same of just like um being like oh uh, you know not knowing uh, like i remember i remember the summer that social network um came to hbo i must have watched it like all the way through like six or seven times and probably like partial like in the double digits like 10 to 15 times because it's just like such a good movie and then like it was always a thing where it was like i'm scrolling through the channels at like three in the afternoon and i'm like no sports are on uh, you know like we don't have any tv shows or anything like that yet and, I'm, and i get to hbo and i'm like oh the social network i got an hour left in the social network here we yeah, go why not? i'm back in baby here we go justin timberlake waking up in dakota johnson's room i'm in yeah yeah i'm immediately like yes here we go is <laughs> we're about to get locked in i just need to find you mark zuckerberg i've i've seen that movie once that's my big thing is like i just since i got like really back into movies like a year and a half ago, I'm just like, wow, I've missed so many, like, bona fide classics. Let's play a game. Quick game right now. I'm going to go to Letterboxd and sort by most popular, and I'm going to shock you with the most popular movie that I have not seen yet. Are you ready for this? Yes, I'm absolutely ready. Well, okay, so there's three, and one of them is about to change because it's coming in mail. I, I signed up for Netflix DVD. Ah, okay. Because there's so many movies there I want to Do you want to know why I signed up for it? You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna love this. I signed up for it because I really want to see Sex Lies and Videotape. Oh, nice. It's literally nowhere. You have to pay $13 to buy that movie to see it online. Or uh, I think it might be on Criterion. Oh, well, I don't have Criterion. <laughs> but, uh, so I, I, got, I got that. But then I ended up renting Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind first. But the most popular movie that I've never seen is Django Unchained. Never seen it. Wow. I'm yeah. shocked I didn't make you come with us to see that movie. Because I know I saw that like three times in the theaters in high school. That was, yeah. I don't know. So, um, uh, what was the point of that? I'm excited oh, I'm to try to see all these new movies, all these like movies that I've just never seen before. I'm excited to talk about that when we do get to it, and I'm I'm really excited to talk about um, uh, Social Network when we do get to it. How do you how do you search like most popular movie that you've never seen? So what I do is I just go to like Letterboxd and then the, so like, you know, the search page, like this one, I don't know if you can see through the zoom. See yeah. so And then like there's, there, it says, um, there's a one that says most popular and then it's just sorted by the most popular movies on Letterboxd. Let's see here. I'm, I'm, I'm going through this now. Which this is super recency bias, but uh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like looking at this and it is a lot of things that have come out recently. A Quiet Place for me, I think is. You never seen A Quiet Place? I have never seen A Quiet Place. It's uh, you know, there's a lot of hype around it, and I I don't think it's anything like overly unique, but it's 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 really good. I think it's it's a really. I'm excited for the second one. I um I know I'm gonna have to watch it before I see the second one, um whenever that does come out, but yeah, uh yeah I I think that's uh that's just like my my horror aversion like coming through and me just being like a horror movie. I don't know. <laughs> Once you like, I, I texted my girlfriend today. Cause I like, I was kind of like, we love horror movies and I was kind of like out on it the past couple months. But then I listened to the rewatchables on the conjuring and like, they like kind of put into words, like why I love horror movies so much. 
And then I watched The House of the Devil last night. I really wanted to watch The Nun last night, but uh, Letterboxd lied to me about that thing <laughs> on HBO. So I watched House of the Devil, and I was like, I love this movie. Like, I love horror. I love everything like horror, like a good horror movie does. But there's just so many bad horror movies that it's like kind of like comedies. Like, I'm always scared to throw on one of those like late night comedies because I'm yeah. worried instead of getting something like genuinely like pretty good, like Hot Rod, I get something like Hall Pass. Yeah, exactly. I, I will say The Conjuring is is I have seen that, and that's a really solid horror movie for awesome sure. Movie. Um, but uh, yeah, no, like um, comedy and like uh horror and then also like i think of like one of our collective like our our shared like favorite genres also is like a rom-com like i think Mm -hmm. you and i both just love a good Mm rom-com um but like all three of those genres they're like the easiest to know what to expect going in but they're also just the easiest to just get burned on too when you watch like a bad one because there just are so many bad ones out there yeah yeah, like a lot of like, especially these three types of movies we talked about, like they really hit the same beats for the most part. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just kind of like, okay, we're going to hit this beat. All right, so we're going to do this now. And it's like, okay, like we get it. Like, is this the same movie? Like, it's almost like when you're watching, I couldn't sleep in a hotel room this weekend. Very lost in translation of me. <laughs> and uh, instead of walking around and like making friends in the bar, I decided to toss on the TV and I started watching the Lifetime movie, Lifetime Movie Network. Great network, only good movies. <laughs> Uh, I fell asleep like 10 minutes after that. It was so bad. But uh, like all those movies are the same. Literally, they're all the same. Yeah. So I think that's one of the issues I, I run into with horror where it's like, oh, it's, didn't I see this in like a movie I watched like three days ago? Yeah, exactly. Like if you're really going on like a binge of them, especially like, you know, I think we, we were talking last week about how like, you know, now there's such a thing as like shutter originals and things like that. I love where, it. Like, I love it. You know, like. Uh, they're they're making they're making like just low budget uh, horror movies like just for horror fans so they people can just like kind of hit those beats but then when like you see a movie that just like lazily does that you're just like oh god no <laughs> it seems like the ones that lazily do it too are like the big franchises that like come out in theaters like not even franchises just like the ones that come in theaters like we both saw the turning mm-hmm. I think that yeah movie was awful like as someone who like loves horror movies and who like will just seek out random horror movies i'm just like this is what gets a theater release yeah like that god that (laughs) that movie was bafflingly bad and then even more confusing was it had just like a really glowing write-up in indie wire and i just remember being like indie wire likes this and then i saw the movie and i was like there's no end to this movie like it just stops my my dad like was reading like the Chicago Tribune and he like showed it to me about how like the person who wrote about it for the Tribune like also loved it and I was like, D- am I just too negative? Do I watch too many horror movies? Was did I miss something? But like what I will say, good horror movie from twenty twenty, Gretel and Hansel. I really liked that movie. Yeah, I like Gretel and Hansel too. I, I actually did, did see that one too. That one's like, it's slow, but it I don't I don't feel like I ever got bored watching it. I would say. Did you? Did you read my review to that? Do you follow John Rothstein on Twitter? I do not. I should so give he's him. He's like this, like he's like this college basketball writer, and he like does like the same like review. Like he's like he's basically like a robot, and he like what he'll do is he'll like pick a team or like pick a player that like is doing well, and they're kind of like low key, and they'll just be like, like 
this is a terrible example. Be like Oregon Ducks buy stock now, just like something like that. So what I did after I watched Gretel and Hansel is I did uh, Sophia Lillis buy stock now. <laughs> I got like six likes on that review. You know, she's a good person to buy stock in. I just gave John Rothstein a, a follow, by the way. Uh, I uh, I think I've seen him on on part part my, of my take. My only issue with Sophia. Yeah, he's he's buddies with those guys. He's a he's like a funny guy. He's really like he really loves his college basketball. My one issue, else I will say with Sophia Lillis is uh, every time I see it, I just think about like how that book goes, and I'm just like, yeah, you know what happened in the book? <laughs> There's like that whole the whole part. I, th- I don't even want to say it because it's so gross. But uh, someone told me that that's how. It- Maybe it was you. Someone told me about the book and how the book yeah, goes like and, it, I, and I'm just like, Ooh. I um. This movie's weird I like, now. Honestly, I like the first It, and I even like the second It, but it definitely was, like, a really, uh, like, weird thing going into the theaters to watch that movie and being like, I hope that they do not include this scene. You know? Like, I don't want this scene in this movie. <laughs> I only saw the first one. I The moment I saw the second one was, like, almost three hours. I was like, they're just going to have a damn clown on the screen the whole time. That's a very that first movie is very interesting with how they take advantage of Pennywise, where it's like most horror movies like kind of do yeah. the Jaws thing where they like hide, you know, the main like they hide like what's scary yeah. and yeah, it's no, just like, like it's a clown. Yeah, I, I I love that about those movies is like it's just like yeah, it's just Pennywise the dancing clown, and then like it sort of like lures the audience into kind of being a uh, a little bit complacent with how crazy he is, and then like he just like pounces, and you're like, oh my fucking god. <laughs> Um, the second movie I know, it got me a couple times. Uh, like, oh, huh. <laughs> it's like it's this is such like a film student thing to say. It's structured so weird though. Like it feels like a TV show. Like it's just very episodic. Um, and then so like it's sort of uneven when you're watching it for like the two and a half hours where you're like, oh, I like this part, and then it's like, oh, now I just have to watch like a different like tangent with a character I'm not vibing with as much. Yeah. Interesting. I'll, I'll probably see it someday, but it's uh, it's low on the list. Yeah, absolutely. One one last question about my cousin Vinny. You know, do you think that I think they're known the for their mud, <laughs> not the Chinese. <laughs> well, we're gonna sign off um, today and go look for some good Chinese in our own respective towns. Um, next week we oh, will yeah. be coming at you with our ranking of the 2005 Best Picture nominees um, for the year 2004 in movies. So watch up um, and do your homework and get ready to have some fun talking with us with that, about that. Um, we'll see you next week. I think it went through. It, uh...